You are listening to Open Science Talk, the podcast about, well, open science. This is episode two. Today's guest is Jan-Erik Franzvog, open access advisor at the University Library at the University of Tromsø. Today's topic is Plan S. Jan-Erik Franzvog, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, so at the beginning of uh, this fall, we got some uh, news about the further development of uh, open science uh, research funders from uh, France, the United Kingdom, the Netherlands and eight other European nations have unveiled a radical open access uh, initiative that could change the face of science publishing. However, it is um, unclear how this will uh, look after uh, policymakers in the EU uh, have processed it, but uh, Jan-Erik, uh, please help us understand uh, what is this initiative and how does it uh, affect our uh, scientists? Okay, that's a, that's a huge question. Uh, um, it's called Plan S. I, I don't know why it's called Plan S, but it's just a, a name. Um, it's an initiative to open up the, the publishing of science. And it's a result of a cooperation between Science Europe. Science Europe is a organization primarily of European science funders and uh, EU's open access envoy Robert Jan Smits uh, who represents, represents the European Union and the European Research Council and then uh, the heads of 11 European research funders. Uh, in short this says that all scholarly publishing uh, that is a result of research funded by, funded by these uh, funders must be published in pure open access journals. In a not specified time period, uh, publishing open access articles in uh, subscription journals is also permitted, um, but uh, uh, only as part of what is called a, 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 an offsetting deal with the publishers, where uh, what has been paid for subscription is used to pay for publishing instead. Uh, uh, until now, uh, Publishing uh, gold OA in subscription journals has been both accepted and, and financed by these funders. Uh, and uh, also what is called green open access or self-archiving has also been one way to fulfill the open access obligations that researchers have to, towards these funders. Uh, green OA seems to go away as a possibility for researchers to fulfill their contractual obligations. So what will remain is gold open access publishing and only for the first years it will be possible to do gold open access publishing in subscription journals, what we call hybrid uh, publishing. As far as I am able to understand the documents we've seen so far, they are at a very political and high level yet. There's a lot of practicalities that are not mentioned there or only mentioned in passing, yes something that will be solved yes <laughs> yes uh, but so so the kind of um that touches into the next question is uh, could we expect this this plan or this initiative to stay as as it is presented i think roughly yes uh, at, at the level it's presented it will remain basically the same there will be more documents uh, the, the more detail will be looked into uh, things has have to be clarified uh, for instance uh, this uh, period of grace for hybrid publishing, how long will that be? Uh, how will this actually be funded? It is said that it will be funded, but uh, by whom, how, what mechanisms will be set up? And hopefully, 
it also expand by more funders joining this initiative, both in Europe and outside Europe, hopefully. Because Europe is only a, a part of the, the whole landscape of scholarly publishing, and this will have a much better effect if the rest of the world joins this initiative. Uh, one of the issues here is, uh, is the timing of this, uh, because uh, you told me that, that there is a larger plan for, for the whole um, uh, funding of science from, from the EU called Horizon Europe. Uh, could you explain a little bit how this uh, fits into, into that topic? Well, I'm, I'm not sure that there is a coupling here, except for, uh, when you see, look at the calendar, because currently the EU financing program for, for science is called Horizon 2020, and that will end in 2020. And they are now setting up this new financing plan that will last for some, I think it's eight-year plans, uh, called Horizon Europe. And in the previous uh, financing scheme called Framework Program 7, that was when you, they started open access uh, obligations for part of the projects that were funded. Uh, in uh, Horizon 2020, all financing came with an open access clause. And Horizon Europe, if you look at this uh, as part of Horizon Euro Europe, this is the, the, the next step in the open access demands. Uh, okay, but one of the main issues here is uh, hybrid journals. But you have to explain what is problematic with hybrid journals. Well, uh, hybrid journal hasn't this all the time been seen as a problematic. Um, there's a term that we use, which is gold open access. And gold open access means that content is made available at the publisher's website. Two forms of gold. Is the, the one is the, the, the open access journals, where all content in the journal is open access, and the only financing of the journal is through selling uh, services to authors uh, through what we call the article processing charges, or they are financed wholly by uh, some institutions so that no, no author pays anything. The other variety is that you can make your article open access in a subscription journal. And both models work as well as open access, but there is a, a financial problem with this. Uh, a a um, subscription journal has a subscription as a financial basis. Uh, in the hybrid scheme, you then have to pay an extra amount to make your article open access in the journal. Uh, so we feel uh, that we pay twice for the same service. We pay both subscription and we pay for the open access. And the paradox is that uh, what we pay for open access in uh, a hybrid journal is more, uh, and this journal has subscription as a financial basis, th that is more than we pay for open access in a wholly open access journal. That means there is a, an unreasonable level of profit involved in this, what we in economics call super profit, which is seen in the, in the account of, for instance, Elsevier, but also others, where they have uh, profit margins uh, of about 40%, which is far beyond what any other sane company can expect to have. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, so I'm guessing that we should expect that the larger publishers uh, take initiative on, on plans of their own as a result of this. Yes, uh, they have to, to meet this uh, in some way, um, because uh, if this initiative succeeds, uh, and there is financial clothes in this, I mean, uh, when the researchers uh, enter a contract with the EU, the EU 
will follow up that the obligations are fulfilled. And it's, uh, that is part of the statement is that all those who sign this initiative also sign up that they have to check out that people meet obligations and punish those who don't, which could cost the authors a very large amount of money. So that means this will mean that manuscripts will move away from tall access journals, that is subscription journals, and from hybrid solutions and over to true open access journals. And that means that the current publishers either have to convert journals to, to open access or establish new open access titles that can take over this manuscript, else they will lose authors to other publishers. And that will cost them money. So, so certainly some uh, publicists are on their way to become uh, open access, uh, which probably isn't easy as their whole business model is based on, on uh, tall access. Uh, why punish the ones that try but haven't been able to make the full transition yet? I think that the major problem uh, for publishers is that the, the uptake of gold open access maybe haven't been good enough because there have been very little incitements for authors to choose uh, gold open access, uh, especially in, in new journals because they don't have prestige, they don't have uh, high impact factors, which is something that counts very much in the reward systems of science. And when authors are evaluated, they are lamentably often uh, evaluated not based on the value of the content they have produced, but where they have published it. That means that gold open access have had structural problems of becoming the first choice for authors. Now this will force more manuscripts into to gold open access and that will make life easier for the publisher who actually have wanted to make op gold open access a, a good solution for both themselves and for authors. Um, some publisher converted to fully open access uh, 10 years ago, Hindavi for instance, which is a large open access publisher, they were a traditional publisher, but in the, around 2005, they converted their whole fleet of journals to open access because they saw this as the future. While um, other major publishers who see that they have a very huge profit margin in today's market uh, see that open access will open up for much more competition, which could drive income down and threaten their profit margin. So when they lament what this, that this is a threat to to, to scholarly freedom and to quality, actually it's they are lamenting the threat to their profit margins. Uh, okay, <laughs> but, but there is a real question of, of the freedom to publish uh, wherever you want as a scientist. Uh, and this kind yeah. of uh, is, a, is a huge question in, in this topic. Uh, definitely, because this will put increased pressure on authors to move away from some journals and move to another set of journals. And that could be seen as, uh, as problematic when it comes to the freedom, the scholarly freedom. Uh, however, it is a question whether the freedom to put your content and your, uh, your writings into a journal where very few can access is, is, all, is, is that really uh, freedom for science? Yes, it's a, it's a, it might be a freedom for you as a scholar, but is it freedom for science when you enslave it uh, behind the uh, tall axis, uh, make, making your content unavailable to the, to the public, to industry, to anyone who isn't rich? Um, so so um, the news uh, came out in September. How does the open access community say about this uh, news? 
Well, there's always some some details that people are not say that this could have been done better or uh, but I think there's a, a huge uh, feeling uh, that this is a large step forward for open access and for science, which it's uh, because this open ups, opens up science and makes it uh, more available. Uh, you get more use of the, the results of science, and that's important. And the EU have us, and also I think the Research Council. For them, it's uh, very important that science actually gets used, that they get uh, value for the money they put into uh, science. Seen from the, the seen from uh, the ministry or the national level, science is something you invest in to get something out of. But but certainly um, uh, there are um, around eleven funders who have supported this initiative. Uh, certainly there are more out there. Um, should we expect them to join, or should we expect them to to um, have uh, different uh, opinions on this? Well, there's always different opinions, and also different institutional and national political landscapes that could make things difficult. Um, if more funders don't join, I think this initiative won't succeed. Uh, EU is large, but among the the eleven national research councils who have uh, have joined, there are some of them are very small. Uh, some large European ones are still missing. Uh, I don't know the reasons. Uh, uh, hopefully, they will join or will support. Some of them, them might not uh, have the possibility to join for some technical reason or, or political reason, but I think most of them will support this initiative and probably align their policies with this. And there's also a question of what will happen to national policies like the ones we have in Norway. Will the national policy be, be aligned with this or will the national policy still be a green and gold is equally good solution? And Erik Fantvag, uh, thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. Hi, everybody. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This podcast is produced by the University Library at UIT, the Arctic University of Norway, which is the northernmost university of the world. Please visit our website opensciencetalk.com to get in contact with us or visit or check out the library's Twitter and Facebook pages. You can also sign up for our newsletter on our webpage so you get notified whenever the next episode drops. Thanks for listening.